Welcome to KathleenWitten.org. We believe that Kathleen's message will inspire you, encourage you, and give you a fresh perspective on life. Now, here's Kathleen. Personally applying the scriptures, what if you looked in the mirror one day and didn't like your reflection? To you, you looked a little sad, tired, worried, and slumpy. So you saved up and hired a personal trainer, which I have never done, to show you a group of exercises guaranteed to make you fit and fabulous, give you more energy, and make you healthier. He or she shows you exactly what to do, and feeling great about it, you write it all down, and you're excited because your life is about to change. I'm going to tell you where all this came from. A friend of mine who is in incredible shape is a personal trainer, and she said that she could come over and show me a few exercises, and which she did, and I was so excited. She showed me the exercises, and I thought, this is just great stuff that I've got to do and got to remember. She wrote it down, demonstrated it. And I just thought, from now on, I'm going to do these exercises. And I was driving down the street the other day, remember the exercises, and remembered that I had not done any of the exercises, and that I couldn't remember what the exercises were, nor could I remember where the exercises were written. And all I could think about is how in shape she was from having done them, and I'd never even done them, nor could I find them. And God kind of tapped me on the shoulder and applied it to something else. Personal trainer scenario number one. However, a week later, you call to tell your trainer that the exercises have not helped you at all. So he asks you if you did them as instructed, and you say, well, I still have the list, but I haven't actually done any of the exercises personally. Why not, he asked. Oh, you say, I might get sore or sweaty, or I might do them or I might not do them just right and feel like a fool. I could even strain myself, but most days I just run out of time. Guess I'm not in the habit of doing them. But I still want to know why I'm not getting the results you spoke of. And the trainer would tell you very emphatically, how can you expect results when you aren't personally applying what you were instructed to do? In much the same way, God's Word will not have many miraculous results in our lives unless we begin to personally apply the Scriptures. And that is really what God started speaking to me, is the areas that we really apply the Word of God, the areas where we're really confessing faith, the areas where we've taken Scriptures and we're believing them, and not only believing and receiving them, but applying them to our lives, then we'll have that area of our life have blessings and miracles and the things that God will want to happen in that area. But so often, we're just like somebody who has a personal trainer who is our Holy Spirit, come and teach us something, whether it's the pastor, the Holy Spirit through a pastor, the Holy Spirit through a teacher, the Holy Spirit through a radio program, the Holy Spirit through a conference, the Holy Spirit through a person, the Holy Spirit through a child, the Holy Spirit through your spouse, whether you like it or not. And he'll speak something to us or teach us something, but unless we apply that thing, then it doesn't do us any good. And she came over and got on the floor and showed me exercises But unless I apply those exercises, then it doesn't help me, and I can't be surprised that my life isn't changed. On page two, how to exercise our faith. God's angels obey the word of God. When we say, activate from our mouths the word, it causes angels to help us to fulfill the awesome plan of God for our lives. Now, if I said that just now and didn't back it up with scriptures, wouldn't that be too much to be too good to be true but psalm 103 verses 20 and 21 says praise the lord you his angels you mighty ones who do his bidding who obey his word praise the lord all his heavenly hosts you his servants 
who do his will. When we speak the word of God, it's got power in the heavenly realms. And angels even do bidding according to the word of God. God's word always has power. And when we apply it to our life, it has power. I wanted to give a little bit of a review for some of you on the power of the spoken word. God created his world through the spoken word. In Genesis 1, it says over and over again, and you all remember that. The, probably the thing that you heard the most was, and God said, and God said, and God said. And I remember reading that when I was little and thinking, gosh, you know, it just seemed like they could have just put those little marks where it repeats, you know, those little quotation marks, and God said, because it's so repetitive. But I think God was trying to show us the power of the spoken word is that the word that was spoken out of the mouth of God, which is in our Bible, had so much power that it created the world, that it literally created the world. The only thing that he didn't create with his spoken word was Adam, that he created out of the dust of the earth. Isn't that amazing? And I'm going to get us off on a tangent, but I mean, that's how he formed us with his hands, which um, shows you how much he loved his man, Adam, and his and the woman, Eve, and loves us and how we are different than animals. Okay, I'm not getting off on that tangent. Say stop. Okay, Isaiah 55:11 says, So is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And then I wanted to also give an example of the strength of Christ's spoken word. In John 6:63, 6, the spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. And then Jesus said, the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. And you know, if we'll stop and really think about that, the words that came out of Jesus' mouth are spirit to us and are life to us. They are life to us. The, the Word of God in the book of Proverbs says, My son, give attention to my words. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they will be life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. So the Word of God is spirit. It is life. It is life-changing. And when we apply it and we speak it is when it is so powerful. In the same way that God created this world through the spoken word, we create our world, the place where we live inside and out through God's spoken word. I'm going to explain this. Taking a scripture that addresses our needs and speaking it out loud activates God's word in your life. God's word brings life to every situation, but we must choose to live out and speak God's word. And it has to be contrary sometimes to our circumstances. I know I've given you this example over and over and over again, but Romans 10:12 says that faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. So I guess it's okay. Maybe it'll build our faith. But when I was diagnosed with leukemia in the hospital and giving a short time to live, one of the first things that came over me was fear. And the way that Lacey combated fear was not, oh, don't worry, Kathleen, um, what the doctor said isn't true. He couldn't say that. <clears throat> or don't worry, Kathleen, I'm going to go do something. Well, there was nothing he could do. He had to use the Word of God to have fear flee. And we have to use the Word of God in our lives in the areas that we need it because nothing and no one can help some of the areas where only God's word and only God's promises and only God's power can help. And so he used the scripture in 2 Timothy 1.17 that says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and sound mind. And then in Romans 8 where he says, 
where the word says that God has not given us a spirit of bondage, which leads again to fear, but a spirit of adoption, whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. And that spirit left. And I've said it over and over again. The biggest miracle to me, I'm so glad that I was healed, and I'm so glad at all that God did. I'm so glad you all gave blood. I had 27 blood transfusions. I'm so thankful for all of it. But the biggest miracle to me was not even the physical healing. It was the fact that I was in the hospital hooked up with all of those tubes, you know, losing my hair and giving, getting these terrible diagnoses, and I didn't have fear. That was the biggest miracle for me. And so we have areas in our life where we need to apply the Word of God contrary to circumstances and say, this Word is powerful, this Word is true, I believe this Word, no matter what it is. And so... It's kind of gotten to be a challenge to me now, even when I have something happen in my life, to go get in the Word and find a scripture to apply right of way. Because otherwise, I realize that that area can get out of hand and start to dominate me, whether it's a fearful area or an anxious area or I'm angry, whatever it might be. So we need to apply the Word of God. It can change our life. It does change the place where we live inside and out. It completely changes everything. Taking a scripture that addresses our needs and speaking it out loud, I'm going to read it again, activates God's word in your life. God's word brings life to every situation, but we must choose to live out and speak God's word. When I was in high school, I wanted to live out and speak Romans 12 too, that I would not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of my mind, that I might prove the will of God, that which was good and acceptable and perfect. And it's interesting what we speak, whether it be the Word of God, whether it be what the media says, whether it be what our friends say, whether it be what someone told us, whatever we speak and live out is what we create our life to be. Would you not agree with that? And so when we start speaking and living out the Word of God, God says the Word of God is spirit and truth. So it brings spirit and truth and freedom and joy and blessings and miracles to our life. Isn't that good? I think that's so good. Didn't it make you want to just stand up and start saying a couple scriptures out loud? (laughs) Y'all are wild. Deuteronomy 30.19 says, This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. And God shows us that we choose. We choose daily. We choose life. Daily we have to choose. And that that life is in the Word of God. That His life and His Spirit is in His Word. And the worst excuse is, I'm too young, I'm too old, I'm too busy. I mean, we'll always have an excuse. I can't get in the Word. And it just, I thought about that even as, as I thought about these exercises from the personal trainer. I thought, why haven't I done these? Well, because I'm a mother. Well, I'm too busy. Well, because I need to cook dinner. Well, because I can't find them. You know, and we do the same thing with the word of God. Well, I'm too busy. Well, I'm doing this. Well, I'm doing that. Well, I can't find that scripture. I don't know where that scripture is. You know how many words are in that Bible? Have you looked at it lately? Well, we have a concordance, you know, and it's amazing. Have People will spend 45 minutes looking at something up in the TV guide, which is microscopic handwriting, to find a movie that afterwards they see and go, That was chewing gum for the brain. That was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. That was a waste of time. But we won't spend even five minutes 
looking in the Word of God and saying, you know, in my area of my life here, I don't have life. I have death. I have bitterness. I have anger. But we won't find the Scripture that we can apply to that situation so that life can come in. And so, therefore, in that area of our life, we've created and chosen death. So that's what God is saying is apply it. Apply it so it can change your life. You know, it's amazing. It doesn't matter how many spiritual people you know. Sometimes we think, and, and you know, I thought too, I thought even when she came over to my house, I felt healthier when the personal trainer came over. Because I thought, she is so, she is incredibly healthy. And I felt healthier. And I thought, you know, I even feel like I did a sit-up. <laughs> had I done one? No, I had not done one sit-up. Not one. I love to walk, but I had not done one sit-up. Had I done a push-up? No. Had I done anything for my arms? Nothing. She walked in the house and I thought, you know, I think I have some little abs now. And some little, see, I don't even have that right. That's your stomach. Okay. So, we get the same feeling sometimes. It's like we go to church or we go to a conference or we talk with somebody and they know the scriptures or they're excited about the word of God or they preached a wonderful sermon and we feel like it kind of rubbed off on us. And then what happens on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Well, it wasn't applied to our life. It didn't make a difference in our life. It didn't bring us to the area of life that we needed because we need to apply it. It needs to be between us and God where we can pray. And God is so good. He's so faithful. He knows us. He knows our personality. He created our personality. I've said so often, God doesn't mind that it takes me 30 minutes to order my food from a waiter. He doesn't mind that I want the butter on the side and the dressing on the side and extra Tabasco and... Lacey minds sometimes, (laughs) but God doesn't mind. He knows your personality. He knows that you might have impatience in a certain area, or it really is hard for you to read or sit still. He knows us, and so we don't really have the excuse of saying, well, I just can't find that scripture. Well, I'm just not a reader. Well, I just don't don't know where my Bible is. Here in America, we we could go in a Borders bookstore and find a Bible if we needed to. And so I really am of the opinion that what we need or what we, not what we need, I guess I should say this, what we want, we will do. And so we have to just want it. We have to want life. And we have to understand that it's through the Word of God. And we have to also understand that that's where the enemy is going to fight us the hardest because he knows it's in the Word of God. You don't find yourself drifting off to sleep when you're watching that really stupid TV program. It's only when you open the Bible and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I just am so tired. And all the pages start to blend together and you go to sleep. Or it's when you open your Bible that the phone rings 35 times. But not when you're watching that stupid TV program because he doesn't care about that. He doesn't want God's people to know about the power and the life and the Word of God. Because that is where our life is. And our life is hidden in Christ Jesus. And Christ Jesus says that he is the word. That the word is God and the word was God and the word was with God in the beginning. And so our life is hidden in the word. That's exciting. How are we going to choose blessings and not curses? At the top of page 3, how do we choose life and not death? James 3, verses 3 through 6 says, When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us we can turn the whole animal 
Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. You know, last week we talked about this, that whatever we consider to be our final authority over our lives, whether it's media, doctors, doctor's plans, um, whether it's, Uh, the government, um, the police, the system, movie stars, whatever we consider to be authorities in our life, we will know they're our authorities because we'll repeat what they say and we'll tell others what they say and they become the they in our life, quote unquote. You know, because you hear people say that. Well, you know what they say. They say we're going to something, something, something and you think, who is they? And so... We need to think about whatever we repeat and imitate and place emphasis on in our life is the authority in our life, good or not. And so if it's God, then we're going to have emphasis on him and what he says, and we're going to be repeating that. And I even say this to teenagers, I said, because they'll tell me, well, we can't memorize scripture, that's just way too hard. And I said, well, you've memorized about this entire CD isn't that true well yeah but that's because we listen to it all the time (laughs) see whatever we place emphasis on but once they see that this is life and that God will actually take you out of the crowd and change your life and do something absolutely blow your mind amazing with you when you follow him they want it and I've seen that I mean I so many of those that, that I had the privilege of mentoring are married and incredibly amazing adults and had amazing experiences in college and amazing, I don't know that their parents appreciated it at first, but missionary trips and all sorts of stuff that they saw with their eyes, the miracles of God. And that was just one kid going, I want my authority to be God. I'm going to start focusing on God. And it's the same way with us. James 3 tells us that the tongue is an instrument used to steer, example of a ship's rudder or an animal's bit. So God tells us that it's our tongue that steers the direction of our life. In James 3, verses 3 through 6, the tongue is compared to a little spark that can start a huge fire of destruction or a spark of a huge revival. The tongue can corrupt the whole person or bless the whole person. The tongue can either set someone's life off of God's course or put their life right on God's course. Now, if I made that up, that would be too much. But you can go back again and look in the scriptures. This is exactly what God said. This is what the tongue does. It is our rudder. It is the thing that directs our lives. It's what comes out of our mouth because what comes out of our mouth is really what is in our heart. That's why. The Bible says that out of the abundance of a heart, the man speaks. And so our heart directs our life and our tongue really reveals that. But if we're speaking the word of God, it's because the word of God has been placed in our hearts. In Storm's Nursery, we have all this little music 
that we play before he goes to sleep. As a matter of fact, I don't think that he's, I think I'm going to have to give the music to his wife when he gets married. Or I don't think he's going to go to sleep because he's so used to it. And it's this certain CD, this sweet little CD and um, of um, little children's Christian lullabies. And one of them is um, the scripture set to song of um, thy word I have hid in my heart so I might not sin against thee. And um, it's really, I'm not going to sing it for you, but it would be a lot sweeter if I did. But basically that's the scripture that I, my word, your word I have hid in my heart, thy word I have hid in mine heart that I may not sin against thee. And that's what God wants us to do is hide our word, his word in our hearts so that it comes out in every area of our life and it comes out of our tongue which steers and directs our life. Proverbs 18.21 says, Life and death is in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. It's pretty self-explanatory. Choosing death, cursing, you say to yourself and others, I can't do this anymore, that's impossible. You know, if you even in the world, even people who aren't Christians that don't believe in any of this, or don't even know any of this, they believe in people who will, uh, they call it like self-fulfilling prophecy. If you prophesy that you constantly are going to fail, then what will you do? Fail. If you, prof- if you speak over yourself that you're dumb all the time, then you'll make dumb mistakes and dumb decisions. And so if you say you can't do it, you can't. And we even will tell people, you know, we'll tell our children, don't say can't because can't, if you say you can't do it, then you can't. You need to say that you can. And it's the same way, but we need to look at that with the Word of God. Choosing life, blessing, you say to yourself and others, I am so thankful that Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And thank God it's not up to me. We start applying the scriptures to the things that are impossible, are difficult for us. And those things are different for each one of us. If you give me a pile this thick of doctor's bills and insurance numbers to check the bills and make sure the insurance company hasn't made a mistake and check the doctor's, You've never seen a woman perspire more in your entire life because that will put me into an anxiety. And I literally, when I have to do stuff like that, literally have to take scriptures and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because things like that are easy for Lacey. No problem. But there are things that are hard for you that are really easy for me. Like going to a party, if I was really mean, I just wouldn't tell him anyone's name. And he wouldn't know it either. Because most parties, I have to, I, most parties are spent with this sort of symbolism going on of, what's that person's name? And then if I was really mean, I'd say, I don't know, honey. You tell me. But each of us have different areas where we need God's help and God's strength. And I'm being silly about some of those areas. But we have different fears. We have different experiences. We have different life experiences. Some things for some of us are easy. Some things for some of us are hard. Um, and, and there are things that are probably really easy for you that are hard for me and hard for me that are easy for you. Um, a bone marrow biopsy is not a big deal for me. I've had plenty. Just don't ask me to babysit your children. So, everyone's different. So, we all need the Word of God. 
and that's just one small scripture of application and saying, wait a minute, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ, so Christ, I need you to strengthen me. I have to go visit this relative. It's really hard for me. This person has hurt my family's feelings, and they get on my nerves, but I've got to show them the love of Jesus, and I need your strength right now. I've got to deal with this man at work. He is not on the up and up. He doesn't have a lot of integrity. I need to be able to work with him and love and show him respect. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's applying life to our situation versus applying death. Applying death is when we grab our husband or our wife or our best friend or our business partner and we say, Oh, gosh, this is going to be the worst situation. I'm going to have to call that insurance company, and then they're going to put me on hold, and then I'm going to be on hold for 30 minutes, and then Storm's going to wake up, and then I'm going to talk to somebody that I know what they're talking about, and then I'm going to be on hold for another 20 minutes. And then, you know that doctor's nurse, she never calls me back, and I've created this huge mess and placed myself right smack in the middle of it. And God says, you chose. And so we need to choose life even with our words, and ask God to help us. If you look at the top of the page four, it's exercises for applying the scriptures, choosing life. And these are not set in stone, obviously. These are just some things that have helped me. (coughs) But sometimes when you hear a talk like this and you think, you know, I do want to start applying the scriptures to my life. I really do. It, it just helps to have some place to start, some groundwork. And so these are just some ideas. Write down a scripture that the Holy Spirit has amplified for you or one that meets your prayer needs. You may have just been flipping through the Bible, even just opening it at random, which I think you should be a little careful because sometimes you open it to those scriptures that says things like, you know, you shall be plundered, and you think, ah, you know, so just be careful doing that. But sometimes we'll just randomly run across a scripture, or we'll see it, or we'll hear someone say it, and it just goes deep into our hearts. Write that scripture down. You know, seek it out. Ask somebody, okay, it has these three words in it. Where is that? What does that mean? And write it down. The Holy Spirit amplifies different scriptures for different needs in our life and it's important for us to hear that and begin someplace you know even if i called that personal trainer today i know what she'd say if i said gosh you know tracy i left the sheet somewhere i can't find it i don't remember any of the exercises she would probably explain of several over the phone and just say kathleen just begin someplace but what happens is is we get so overwhelmed by how much we haven't done that we won't do anything and so Just write down one scripture and then read it out loud. There's several reasons that that I think it's important to read scriptures out loud. And at first you'll feel really, really stupid. But then after that you won't because after that it becomes powerful. You know, when Lacey was saying those scriptures out loud to me over me when I was in bed, there were probably three visitors, four relatives, two doctors, ten nurses, and we didn't care. At that point, when someone says that you have a few weeks to a month or two to live, you don't care. You don't care. You're going to grab life the way you know how to grab it. You're going to grab God's word no matter what. And yet, you can't do that unless you would have practiced. He couldn't have said, honey, I know you're frightened and scared. I'm going to go home, see if I might be able to find my Bible, see if I might be able to figure out in the concordance something that might make you feel better. He needed to have it in his heart right then. And so repeating scriptures out loud 
will be the familiarity that we need and the ease that we need for them to sink down into our hearts so that we can use them. You know, when somebody says, um, I just feel like God doesn't love me and he hasn't accepted me because I've done so much in, in, in my life. You'll be able to say, no, if you've received Jesus, the Bible says that you are God's righteousness in Christ Jesus. And the word can come out of your mouth to make a difference in their life versus hold that thought. Let me go find my Bible and look in the concordance and see if I might find something that could help you. Well, by that time, they're like, I got to go, lady. You know, I'm not waiting for that. So reading it out loud makes us familiar with it. And it also drops the meaning that the Holy Spirit will have for you in particular and for your situation into your heart. Saying scriptures out loud builds our own faith. Romans 10:17. It'll build your own faith. Saying scriptures out loud helps us to remember them. We know that. I mean, anything you say out loud over and over again. If your wife, if you guys, if your wife gives you a grocery list, even if it's three items, and of course you refuse to write it down because you're male, and so she has three items from the store that she wants you to go get, I know what you're doing on the store. On the way to the store, you're going eggs, butter, cheese, eggs, butter, cheese. And then you might do something else, but then you'll think again, eggs, butter, cheese. And half the time, you'll say it out loud. Well, we're not embarrassed to say eggs, butter, cheese out loud when we're driving, but we're real embarrassed to say the word. Why is that? You know, we're driving along, and we don't care if somebody sees us saying eggs, butter, cheese. We'll go eggs, butter, cheese. Go into the store, buddy. What, what's your problem? But if we said something like, well, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him they're watching they're watching they think i'm crazy you know but we need to have that same desire to remember and that's how we remember is by repetition it's repeating and so not to be embarrassed not to be embarrassed by repeating it because that's how we're going to remember saying scriptures out loud is speaking blessing over our life did you know that that the blessing is in the Word of God. It's like speaking blessing. If you go, all the Jewish families that have the bat mitzvahs and the bar mitzvahs, what are they doing? They're speaking blessings over their children's lives at a certain age. The blessing is spoken and passed down from the father to the child. Well, the blessing has been spoken and passed down from us, our Heavenly Father, to us through the Word. And we're speaking the blessing over our lives every time we speak the Word. Saying scriptures out loud draws a boundary line for the enemy. I'm going to get in more detail in that when we study spiritual warfare. But that is a very true statement. And please, please know that. It just draws a boundary line for the enemy. It did in the hospital with me. It was like, uh uh-uh, you cannot bring fear. Fear is a spirit. It's not from God. We don't receive it. You can't bring it. And there was a line drawn, and he didn't ever cross over that line again. And so it is extremely powerful to use the Word of God. Number three, meditate meditate on each word, quality, not quantity. Go slow. Pray to receive God's meaning for you out of each word. You know, I'm using the scriptures. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because that's so simple and such a great scripture. And it's so easy to memorize that one scripture, but maybe you need to repeat it because maybe you'll forget Philippians. You'll forget 4.13, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not so important to get that and then go on to the next. You know, that's kind of our American mentality is more is better, you know, instead of, wait a minute, maybe I can get the meaning out of each word 
in that scripture. And we could actually spend all summer on that scripture. Did you know that? Easily, I could spend all summer. And, and y'all would go a little bit nutty, but I could do it. And you would know it backwards and forwards, and no one would be able to talk you out of it. You would be at a place where no matter what happened in your life, you would say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It would be so alive in your spirit because faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of God. That's what Scripture says. And so it's not so much, oh, I'm going to memorize the whole New Testament. Well, great, if you can just really get all the meaning out of the whole New Testament. It's more important for us to have one or two really great scriptures and then three and four and five and six and so. And then we don't even, it's not a matter of us wanting to memorize to tell people. It's a matter of life and death to us. But getting all of the meaning out of that would take all summer. You know, what does that mean? Um, I just wrote down a few notes. But if we look at that, all things, what does that include? all you know what are some difficult things in my life are there certain people in my life that are difficult are there certain circumstances in my life that are difficult what are some things what does all mean i can do all things you know really taking the meaning out of out of that scripture then through christ what does through mean what does the word through mean you know i go back to all the english lessons that i learned that i hated oh grammar do y'all remember grammar and dissecting sentences and taking apart all those words and the only thing i liked about grammar was mad libs anybody know what i'm talking about we had these games where you could fill in the adjectives and the adverbs and then it'd turn into this crazy wacky sentence and we used to play those in the car, and that was the only thing I liked. But now I'm so glad that we had to study what is through. What does that mean? It's not through my own strength. It's through Jesus. So I have to go through him to get that strength. And then I can stop and pray, you know, on each word. I can spend so much time on this one scripture. There are times that um, friends, especially with all the different medical situations, would say, don't you just go crazy? crazy especially when i was having uh, blood transfusions they would take a long time they'd say don't you just go crazy in there waiting to get the blood transfusion and then getting the blood transfusion because sometimes i'd leave the house at eight in the morning and come back late at night and you had to check in in the hospital and go through that whole routine and get the blood transfusion and check out of the hospital and this was after all the chemo this was after all of that stuff and i'd say i'm not bored i could take one scripture and meditate on it to the point of where I not only knew it, but I had just taken each piece out of each word. And there's just no reason that we have not that much free time, but then we do have free time sometimes in the car where we can just take one scripture, put it on an index card, put it on your steering wheel, and there you go. You can meditate it in traffic, and you won't even be mad when you get home. <laughs> the person will say, how was your day? Instead of going, I cannot stand I-10 one more minute. You'll go, well, you want to learn the scripture that I... No, I don't know what you do, but you want me to share the scripture that I just learned or whatever you want to say. So, and then who strengthens me? And these are just examples. As I do all things through Christ, he promises to give me more strength. I like that word strengthen. Strengthens me because it doesn't say I can do all things through Christ through the strength that I have right now. And that's how we interpret it a lot of times, don't we? I can do all things through Christ through the little strength that I have right now. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So 
So as we do things through Christ, we actually get stronger. And that's so good. So there's a promise in all of these scriptures. Number four, apply the scripture to big and small, all situations in your life. Practice on the small things before things are desperate. You know, that's probably one of the biggest lessons we can learn is sometimes we don't practice on the small things. And then when things really are a big deal or they really are desperate in our life, then we want to practice applying the scriptures and it makes it a lot harder. It's better to practice on the small things, you know. And and I, people may laugh at this or whatever, but even practicing asking the wisdom of God when you're trying to decide between two VCRs, it's Sam's. You know, sometimes we have these things that we think God doesn't care about. Well, he wants us to ask his opinion. He wants us to practice. Now, is it going to change my entire life? Of course, I wouldn't even buy a VCR anymore, would I? I'd be a DVD player. But is it going to change my entire life if I choose one DVD player over another? Probably not. But I'm practicing because it might change my entire life who I choose to marry. But what we do is we don't practice listening to God on anything until it gets to be really big. And then we're like, I don't know what to do. I don't even know if I know if it's God or not. Because we don't know his voice. And so it's fun if you don't have a lot going on right now, which is probably pretty rare. Because I think we always all have a lot. But if you don't have a lot of major things going on in your life, practice in the small things with your scripture. Maybe there's a small situation. Maybe you're in a in a club with a group of people and one person is difficult to get along with and you can practice, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me in that small situation before it's a huge situation. Okay, I think I'm going to stop there at personal scenario number two on page five and we'll pick up next Sunday. But I get so excited about applying the word. And I think that if we see it in a simple way and we see it in a way that we can um, understand it, then it's easier for us to apply it to our lives. And I'm going to close this in prayer. Thank you, Lord, so much for your word. And God, thank you for your gentle nudging sometimes and then sometimes even your prodding that you show us to not only get into your word, but to open our eyes to how sometimes we can complain that your word is not working in our lives and then we realize that we're not even personally applying it to our situations at all. Father, thank you for showing us that it's not who we are around or how much we hear or how much you're working in other people's lives. It's the personal relationship, the one-on-one relationship that you want between us and you. And that you have given us your word that life and power and miracles, love and blessings, direction, wisdom, everything is in the word of God. And I just praise you, Lord, for your word. I thank you. I just thank you so much that you gave your son, that we are of the generation that can know you and walk in your truth and your light. And God, I just ask that we would place your word as our highest authority, placing emphasis on what you have said and repeating what you've said to ourselves and others so that we might choose life and our life might be in the direction that you have chosen for us, that which is is good and acceptable and perfect. And so, Father, we do thank you, Lord, that, that you would help us to trust in you with all of our hearts and to lean not on our own understanding. But in all of our ways, acknowledge you that you might make our path straight, 
that we would be not wise in our own eyes, that we would fear you and shun evil, and that it would be health to our flesh and marrow to our bones. Father, we lift up every situation this morning that seems to be too large or overwhelming or confusing or fearful, and we thank you, God, that you are a God of order and not chaos. You are a God of peace and not fear. You are a God of love. And we just praise you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would come into those situations and bring order and clarity and help us, God, more than anything, to go home today and pick a scripture, open up your word, apply it to our lives a little bit at a time so that we might have life and life abundant. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you've enjoyed Kathleen's message. To order a copy of this and other messages, please call us in San Antonio, Texas at 210-822-5500 or toll free outside the San Antonio area, 877-397-7773. That's 1-877-397-7773. Visit our website, KathleenWitten.org, K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N-W-H-I-T-T-E-N.org. Thank you.